As much as people depend on us as leaders, you need someone who believes in you. You need a place to be open and honest with someone who's walked in your shoes and wants to help you become the leader you are meant to be. This is that place with those kind of people. Welcome to the Relational Leader Podcast with your host, Randy Bazette. Each episode will sit down and engage in life-giving conversation, unpacking leadership's greatest challenges. And now, your host, Randy Bazette. I'm glad you've decided to check out the Relational Leader Podcast. Whether you're a lead pastor or just a volunteer leader or staff person in your church, we all go through so many things in ministry and we have to make so many decisions and deal with so many things that a lot of times we're unsure of what to do. So I wanted to have a place where we could sit together and have conversations about real topics, real things that we're dealing with, and could glean and grow and get some wisdom from those things. And I think if we do that, then we can all be better if we're learning through this together. So that's the heart of this podcast. I pray that you learn something today, that you grow and you become better in who you are as a person and as a leader. And I pray today that this podcast blesses you. Well, welcome to our listeners, those that are joining us for the podcast today. We're so excited to have you. I am Kristen, and as always, joined by Pastor Randy. How are you doing this morning, sir? Hey, Kristen, doing great. Man, I love doing this. Thank you so much for hosting this and facilitating this and uh, helping us to uh, encourage and speak to exactly where pastors and leaders, ministry leaders are right now. So I'm glad to be here. You bet. I, I love it. I love I love how your heart came about and launching this thing and, and just the real conversations that we've been able to have around uh, tables like we're around today. And uh, I think this, this conversation is going to be one of those that is going to be real uh, real and authentic and helpful as well. You know, well. It, it's true, Kristen. It, the, the heart of this podcast really came... Uh, from conversations that I had in, quote, green rooms mm -hmm. before a conference, before a service or after a service or whatever. And oftentimes, uh, real talk about real issues. Uh, I know things that I learned the most from weren't always listening to someone speak on a platform. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could take pastors and leaders into a green room situation like that and share these really uh, nuggets and life experiences, good ones, yeah, bad ones, yeah, and 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 broadcast that and help pastors. So I, I'm having a blast with it, and that is my heart behind it. So I hope it encourages today. I think I think it will today for I, sure. I know it will, and uh, I do. And we've got some great people joining us in the green room, if you will, uh, to help us talk about today. Uh, we have one of the team members uh, of Bayside, Miss Veronica. How you doing, Veronica? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me here. We're so glad to have you here. For those of you that are joining us, Veronica is uh, well. She's just all kinds of wonderful and awesome. But that is very true. <laughs> so, I'm like, where do I start? with her her what's a limited of a show we can't <laughs> give all of our accolades it is long before bayside uh you have been a licensed mental health counselor uh for years uh, i think under your belt including bayside you've got over 20 years experience and you've worked with all sorts of different uh ages uh kids teenagers adults and then um and a lot in ministry now now that you're on staff at bayside you're uh you, you're our executive director over our care and and you get to talk to a lot of pastors and ministry leaders about 
things that are going on in their life. So you've got quite a bit to bring to the conversation today. It's been pretty neat to say that uh, I've been on staff here for a little over nine and a half years. Wow. I love it. Uh, And you have been a great blessing, Uh, Veronica. You help a lot of our team and just dealing with the stress and things that are happening in ministry all the time. Mm-hmm. Of course, you help our church attendees as well and, and leaders, but your your value uh, in a great way has been just helping our pastors and leaders go through life mm-hmm. and deal with just stress and the ministry things that happen that are unavoidable. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love it. And I'm glad to have you on the call today, really. Thank you. It's a privilege. Yeah. That's awesome. And then we also are joined by a good friend of yours, Pastor Randy, uh, all the way from North Carolina. We got Pastor Troy Maxwell on the line with us. What's up, T? What's going on, Pastor Randy, Kristen? And I'll be honest with you, Veronica, whenever I hear that name, I read it. I just have to sing Elvis Costello's Veronica. It's a great song. Uh, I just, I can't, I oh, know no, you hear it all the time. We got to stop. That song is rolling <laughs> we, through we, my head. We, we have to stop. Is there something that can be done in post to get that out of there? Because I think it, the topic is actually going to be perfect. Now people are going to have something that they're going to need to deal with from a mental health issue after hearing that, Troy. Oh, my gosh. You're, I, that's what I love about you, Troy. Every time I'm with you, we have so much fun. We're always laughing and cutting up. But I'm always challenged and and spurred on and encouraged by your leadership, you and Penny, and Freedom House Church there in Charlotte. It is an incredible church doing great things. You help me with leadership, with Relate, coaching and encouraging pastors really all over the country. And I'm so glad to have you on here. Thank you for your friendship, most importantly. And thanks for helping me with pastors as well. Absolutely, man. That's what I, I, I love it. I love doing it. And, uh, you know, you've always been an inspiration to me and really helped me out, my wife out. You helped my wife more than me, you know, kind of deal with me. <laughs> so uh, I really appreciate that. And because uh, she needs help in having to navigate me, which in that what this podcast is all about is how Penny can put up with me. Is that what this, this is about? an intervention for you, T-Max? <laughs> it is. Welcome. Welcome to the intervention. We're going to get Penny on the line now. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, it is so great to have uh, all of you guys um, and and ladies joining us. And it's going to be a great conversation today because I think where we're going um, is super relevant um, in ministry and in life. It's not always talked about a ton um, in ministry and with pastors and leaders, um, but it's it's very real. And and it's the topic of, of mental health. Um, anxiety, depression that we're going to really kind of dive mm-hmm. into and just have some real conversation. I was I was reading some statistics from uh, churchleaders.com and listen to what listen to what I read. Um, they reported that seventy percent of people don't feel fulfilled in ministry. Wow, that's seventy percent, Randy. Seventy. Mm-hmm. Um, they go on to say sixty-seven percent say they sometimes take the frustrations of their job and project them on their family. Yeah. Wow. So the stress As you're reading is coming this stuff, home. I'm thinking about my own life, and I go, where do I fit at in these statistics? Sure. And, uh, and this is real stuff. Sure, it sure is. 75% said that they're afraid to let people know how they really feel. Mm. Walking around with masks and mm-hmm. just can't be real with people. Right now, literally and figuratively, mm-hmm. walking around with masks. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, you know. yes, in the middle of COVID-19, they yeah. got double masks on. 
Um, it is. Eighty percent said that they feel guilty. Get this: they feel guilty if people see them take time off during the week. They feel guilty for resting. Wow, that is crazy. Troy, wow. can you can you believe that? I can't believe it. I mean, that's amazing. You know yeah. these stats. You know they're not brought up to make the room heavy. No. Although it, it is sobering, mm-hmm. uh, but. If we don't talk about what's real, then what's the point of this podcast? And yeah. so I, I think that we need to speak to real issues. And I think, as always, as pastors and leaders, we know this, that we always take situations where people are at, however difficult it is, and we bring them hope. Mm-hmm. This is a very a dark thing, but I believe that there can be hope that we can speak today out of this. At least that's the end result of this podcast. That's what I want. And, and hey, Randy, thanks for tackling something like this, because honestly— this is really something that people aren't talking about at all, and um, it's it's becoming even more and more popular with uh, suicide rates going up and all of this. We need to talk about this. We need to have podcasts like this, so thanks. Yeah, you know, um, it is so unfortunate. You, you see pastors and you hear of pastors who are committing suicide, and um, I mean, it just, it bothers me. In fact, you know, it... it I don't know. It, it just it really is heavy on my heart. I think a pastor is going through that stuff and uh, how lonely they must feel and what position and place they must be at to think that's the end result. And uh, that's true of anyone mm-hmm. for sure. But as a pastor and a leader, someone whose life is devoted to giving other people hope to be mm-hmm. in such a hopeless place where they feel like that's my best answer. Uh, we got to speak to that today. Yeah. And, you know, we may have some listeners joining us today and maybe you feel like that right now. And uh, maybe nobody knows. Maybe you're part of that 80% where you've got a mask on. Um, We really pray and uh, hope that this conversation encourages you and uh, reminds you that you're not alone and that you've got uh, just so much purpose and value to bring to the body of Christ and and on this planet. And so let's dive into the conversation today. You know, I kind of wanted to start with uh, Veronica, a question for you, because I know that you work, um, especially in this season of your life in the last nine years, you work uh, very closely with a lot of pastors and ministry leaders, and and you have very real conversations um, and have created a really great atmosphere and environment for people to be able to come to you. And so what what are some common things? Because, you know, thinking about if people feel alone, uh, they're really not. They may not know that other people, especially pastors and ministry leaders, are battling things like depression and anxiety. What are some common things that you see um, over and over again that maybe, especially people in ministry, um, as Pastor Rini was saying, that carry, you know, they're they're pouring out all the time, but yet they feel depleted. What are they coming to you with? What what is what what's kind of a common thing that you you hear? Well, actually, Kristen, you just mentioned it. Two of the the main things that people come to me with are oftentimes feeling depressed, sadness, loneliness, um, or anxiety. So it falls generally in those categories. Feeling anxious about how how do I handle these situations? Where do I get help? I'm all alone. Um, I've even heard things like I'm a leader, and leaders can't bleed publicly. Um, oh wow! And that mm. statement is wow. There's some truth to that statement. You know, leaders can't necessarily always bleed publicly because mm. everyone's looking to them of how do they handle it. But the truth of the matter is that when the leaders are communicating 
I'm struggling mm-hmm. and 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 there's a place to get help. We all need to mm-hmm. have our checks and balances and our accountability. Um, it makes a difference. And so whenever I'm encouraging our people to seek out accountability people or mental health counseling, I'm always talking to them about that, about having those healthy boundaries around them. It's so important. Mm -hmm. You know, that topic, you you know, what you said there, you can't let other people see you bleed publicly. Man, if there's one thing I hate about ministry is that we feel like we have to have it all together. Mm -hmm. I mean, Troy, uh, you've been through this in in a real experience. You haven't just dealt with anxiety yeah. And difficulty and like, oh, I'm having a bad day. Uh, you lived it. You know, you yes. you went through it, and praise God, you're still. You know, I think it's more of a journey, uh, yeah. more than it is oh, a yeah. destination of being mentally healthy or even in every way <laughs> healthy. It's a journey, but you really, you've been there. You've done that, and so I'd love for you to speak to this a little bit about what you did to uh, not worry about what people thought publicly, but to, mm. to, to bring this out. In fact, let me just kind of give this verse as a thought behind this. It's in the message version, and it's Paul speaking to the church at Corinth, and it says that we refuse to wear masks and to play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes. Mm. Listen, if the apostle Paul could say, I don't need to hide behind a mask, and uh, he, you know, we all know he was pretty blunt in the things that he was dealing with. So if that is the case, then let's learn from him and let's not wear masks today. I would love if everybody would all of a sudden feel the mm. the strength to pull, pull back the mask, if you will, and, uh, you know, tell, talk real. freely. So, Troy, I, I would love for yeah. you to do that for a moment. Yeah, you know, um, about 12 years ago, Randy, and I won't go into all the details about it, but about 12 years ago, um, I started down a road that Veronica was describing to a T is I did not want to see me. Pe- I didn't want people to see me bleed. And, but I was bleeding on the inside, on the outside. It looked all great. You know, I was preaching good, leading good, but man, I was struggling. I was, I started having panic attacks and I started, um, all around the ministry side of things and, um, and it was really hard for me to talk about. I was in denial a lot about it and I, I isolate because that's what anxiety and panic does. The enemy uses it to isolate you. You know, when Adam and Eve immediately, when they felt the shame of their sin, they went and hid behind a bush. And so pastors do that. Leaders do that all the time. And I know that there's probably people listening because I talk to people all the time about it who have been hiding for a long time. And. Uh, it wasn't until I started to talk about it and talk it out and, you know, and my wife was very encouraging during this entire time because I, I really think, you know, because the way men are made up and the way women are made up, women, and I'm generalizing here, Randy, is that women have a tendency to be able to share those things way more openly. Yeah. And men, we try to hide them because we don't want to be seen as weak. Can and, we just call um, it pride? Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what it is. It's exactly and, what it is. You know, it's we're, we're worried about what people are going to think about us. And, you know, I'm not saying that women don't have pride, but it sure seems to be a, a thing with, with men. We, you know, we don't want people to see us bleed. We, you know, we got to be perfect. We got to have it all together. We're the, I mean, it's biblically, it is the order that the, the man is the head of this family. And, 
so we we kind of take it upon ourselves well i can't i got to be good for everybody else mm. yep and so i was that's exactly right and i felt like that i would be letting my family down letting my church down if i wasn't if i didn't expose this anxiety and my and my panic that i was dealing with and so it was a roller coaster ride honestly for about for about a few years um you know i got on medication um i was a firm believer for a long time that I was never going to get on medication for this. I'd never been sick a day in my life, you know, other than just your normal broken bone here, um, kidney stone, that kind of stuff. But to think that I had some type of a, a mental challenge, mental imbalance was something that I did not want to uh, connect myself with. And it was really difficult. And I, I'm, you know, you talk about a journey. I'm still on that journey. I'm still learning about myself. I'm still learning about anxiety. You know, now I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm on the other side of it, you know, from the standpoint mm -hmm. of helping people, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't want to by any means say that I've conquered it all. I still think about it. And um, well, but sure. now I feel like I, I'm, I'm still trying to work it out because I still have to do life. You know, I still have to be a pastor. I still have to be a leader. And I still have to navigate what I'm, what I struggle with on the inside, the insecurities that I have, and the pride that I deal with. And so, um, you know, it's been a 12-year plan, up and down. Uh, matter of fact, I wrote a book about it, and uh, and that I think will really help some people because we do need to talk about it, and we need to expose. Number one thing, Randy, Veronica, Kristen, is we need to expose this in leadership. Amen. And mm -hmm. start the dialogue about it. Mm -hmm. That is that is so good, Troy. I'm glad. Thank you for being vulnerable and just sharing that. Uh, this is not just you face to face with another pastor, another friend sharing it. This is this is public information, and that, that's yeah. a big deal. And you are writing your book, and we're going to talk about that. But it's uh, the Panic Room, and we're going to give some information and and help people to find that book as well uh, at the end of this podcast. But thank you for doing all of that. It's so important. And it, what's interesting is that's when I met you is yep. 12 years ago in the yep. middle of all of that uh yep. it, I'm, I'm sure there were personal things going on but there was a huge trigger of that in ministry as well during the financial collapse in 2008 2010 yep. in those times yeah you and i were we started our church on the same day exactly the same day i didn't know that it'll be 18 yep. years this wow. exact year yeah and uh, we didn't know each other then but nope. we both went through the same financial difficulty in building a building we both had the same company that was financing our project and we both had the same situation where they pulled their financing out from us same year same year we wow. were both meeting in a school we were you know <laughs> both trying to build a building and through dennis rouse which is, is troy's pastor uh I, I, he told me That's about right. we connected yeah he told me about troy and then so we connected and we walked through this whole wow. problem t together. And that's really how Troy and I were, were introduced. Yep. But it was in that season, though, right, Troy, where you yeah. really this whole thing came to a head, right? Your anxiety. Right. You know, there's all kinds of triggers. I think that, you know, anxiety and panic and Veronica, I'm sure you can speak to this a lot more than I can. You know, there are hormone levels and, and physiological things that that happen in our body, but they're usually triggered by some type of stress because of um, our inability to let go of things that we should be letting go of. And for me, it was I was taking way more responsibility for the church than I should have. You know, I, I, I claim the church as my church when mm -hmm. it's really it's really Jesus's church. 
and I'm to steward it and, you know, little S shepherd it. And I felt like the big S, you know, I, I felt like I had to have this big S on my chest. You know, it wasn't Superman. It was Shepherd when he was the one. And God spoke to me very clearly that I need to feed his bride and uh, and he is to love his bride. And so and, and wow. I was loving something and trying to do something that I was not really built to do. And as a result, I just spiraled out of control and and had to take a break you know and i learned some valuable lessons around that that you know we can talk about if you can if, I, if you want to man i'm super intrigued um uh, veronica i want to i want to get to the mental health the triggers and all that stuff but uh, you said something say the phrase again feeding the sheep versus uh so i you know what what i was doing you know god's responsibility is to love his bride it's his bride the mm-hmm. church is the bride of christ it's not my bride <laughs> I have a bride, and so you know I need to love my bride and feed his. It's his responsibility to love it. But I think a lot of leaders take responsibility for something that God's really supposed to do. Hmm. You know, Absolutely. I, you remember so, when you remember when Abraham got the promise from God to, that he was going to be the father of many nations, yep. and then he tried to work it out on his own and birthed an Esau. Mm-hmm. And so. I think a lot of times as pastors, we try to do what only God can do. And for me, and I think a lot of people, it causes them to go into places that they have no business going into and causes anxiety and, and depression and, and because it puts stress on you and, 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 and causes pressure on you that you don't have no business carrying in the first place. And that's what I was doing. I was carrying something that I had no business carrying. Uh, that's brilliant. I want you to do, I want you to do something if you can. Can you get super practical yeah. real quick? Give me one of the greatest things you decided to rest. start doing rest. practically. Rest. Rest. Because I used rest. to think. What did that so look like? I used to like? think. Here's what I thought, guys. Is I thought if I rested, I was cheating God from my calling. Like, you know, because you think. I, I mean, we all struggle with this. Well, if I pray, you know, you don't get the revelation that actually prayer is way more important than doing, and so. Sometimes we think doing supersedes prayer, and so we don't spend a lot of time in prayer connecting with God. We think we should be busy doing something. And so I thought, hmm. well, I just need to keep pushing through, work seven days a week, you know, 10, 12, 14 hours a day. And if I, if I stop, then I'm going to miss out on something. When in reality, I realized one simple phrase, rest is a weapon. It's a weapon in our arsenal as believers. If God, I know. I guess because Amen. ultimately you're trusting yeah. God. In other words, if I'm resting, I'm yep. trusting God. Instead to, of trying to, to control yeah. the things. But the thing yeah. about rest is there's, there's a supernatural thing that happens in our bodies when we rest. You know, and when I, when I talk about rest, I'm not just talking about taking a nap. and I'm talking about finding things that energize you other than ministry you know so it's finding a hobby i mean how many pastors have a hobby not many you know good point um good so you gotta point. find i mean you have a hobby of playing golf you're not yeah, really good know, at it but it's I a good your, hobby i kick, <laughs> but you I know, kick I, your butt but that's all right we won't talk about that that's a whole nother podcast there was that one time yeah go ahead talk about it 
<laughs> but I do. I think that some practical on this is good because I don't. I, I wonder, and Veronica, you can probably speak to this too. Like, do people know how to rest? What you were saying, Troy. Um, what you mean by rest is not. It, what What exactly do you mean okay. by that? When you said that was like the one yeah. thing, what do so you mean I, by I, that? I developed a rhythm. I'll just give you the rhythm, and then I'll give you what happens in the rhythm. I developed a seven, seven, and seven rhythm. Every and here's the way it works. As a pastor, okay, I'm talking as a pastor. Every seven days, you need to take a day off. Has to have a day, and you gotta, you've got to um, intentionally make sure that every seven days you take a day off. That means you cut off church. No, no emails, no phone calls. You totally mm-hmm. separate yourself. Every seven weeks, you need to take a weekend off. Okay, so I developed a rhythm. Every seven weeks, you need to take a weekend off. Every seven months, you need to take a vacation. You need to take a few days off. And so what my wife and I did is we would take every seven days, we take a day off. Every seven weeks, we take a weekend where we rest. You know, I'm not preaching. I'm not engaged. Every seven months, I'm going to take a vacation, a week off where I can disconnect and, and, and really impart stuff, get stuff and spend time with my friend like Randy and just sit around and talk and joke and have fun. Um, <clears throat> but on those days off, you, 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 um, you intentionally do stuff that's going to energize you. And sometimes that means just chilling. Don't, don't doing anything. Relax. Don't take yourself so seriously and joke around, whatever, whatever energizes you. You got to find out what that, what that thing that energizes you. Yeah. So I got I have a question for you. You know, I go back to one of those stats that that I read the other day of uh, 80% of people feeling guilty if other people see them take time off during the week. And what you're saying is that no, like you, that should be a part yes. of your rhythm. Did you have to overcome guilt yes. in that? And if so, how how did you overcome that? Maybe maybe Randy, have you ever experienced <laughs> this this kind of? I feeling? have. I know you can see my face. I have this <laughs> look on my face. I remember in ministry at a particular time, where on my day off, I remember playing golf, and uh, I I was not the lead pastor of the church. But I remember, guy, if they see me out here playing golf, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> and uh and it was your day off it was my day off <laughs> it was my day off but there's this noble uh idea the nobility if you will that if i work hard for the lord yeah. and uh golly i was that was so crazy like there's only so many days in a week and you gotta just and because going? it's eternal and it's scriptural mm. and it's biblical and it's godly that we think that that exempts us from that. But God uh, created the Sabbath mm-hmm. uh, for us and for our good, for our faith and for our trust and, and all of those things. And I think we need to honor it. And I, I love the, the seven that you talked about, Troy. Um, I think, you know, for me, I'm a little more organic than exactly like that. Uh, I think that a lot of times it's hard to separate so much from our lives to compartmentalize. Yeah. So I like to make it organic, but I, I think you have to figure out ways that or things that you can do that cause you to completely unplug. Yep. So we, we, you know, you and I, we do we yep. play a lot yep. of golf together, and I yep. love playing golf. And when I go play golf, I, I am not thinking about the church. I just I'm just playing golf now. 
that's I could mess that up. A lot of times I go out there and I keep my phone and I'm checking text messages and I'm answering things and it and ends up not being a Sabbath, a place of rest for me. And it defeats what I'm trying to do. So when I go play golf, I usually I go play golf. I like to work out when I do that. It relieves stress. I know there's all kind of physical and things like that. Veronica, I'm sure that you could speak to in regards to all that. So the point is find out what causes you to rest and unplug and refreshes you. For me, I like to listen to podcasts. I know of a yeah. really cool one. I think <laughs> Who's that? Is it, which one but, is that one? It might be no work for you. Uh, it, it's your podcast, Troy. It's yours. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I will tell you guys, um, anxiety is probably in the simplest form. It's like a helium balloon. The more you blow it up, it's like holding everything inside. And the more you blow it up and the more you blow it up, eventually the pressure is too much and wow. it's going to burst. And that's when the anxiety attack happens. That's a great word picture there. You honestly, what happens is the body just can't take it anymore. So it's an overwhelming feeling of you can't breathe. Your heart feels like it's going to pound right out of your chest. Mm -hmm. It's just this overwhelming feeling. I can't move. I'm going to die. Mm. That's what it feels like. And you feel like everything around you is coming in. It's that balloon has burst. You can't keep everything inside anymore. But there are so many indicators that that anxiety attack is coming. And so oftentimes when I'm talking to people and and they're saying to me, I, I can't predict when it's coming. I'm always saying, let's talk about the triggers. Let's uh, talk about the that's things. That's so good because there are ways there are, to predict when yes. it's coming. And why wait till the, I can't breathe anymore and right. I'm ready to you know, give up at this time. Yeah. So help us with that. Yeah. What, what are, the are triggers? some of those triggers? Some of those simple triggers may be that you notice that you were taking shallow breaths or that you notice you were getting easily irritated or that you were shorting your responses to people. Um, you notice that you were just disorganized, that you weren't doing some of the healthy habits you used to do. You stopped doing those healthy habits. You you just kind of disconnected. So whenever we disconnect and we stop doing our healthy habits, we kind of lose control. So it's really important that we have very, very healthy habits in our lives. We're created for connections. We're created for relationships. Having accountability people around us, yeah. having healthy boundaries, resting. Um, resting looks different for every yeah, single person. We're not all alike. So for what for some it is yeah, like I'm not gonna go play golf when yeah. I yeah, right. it would not be restful. <laughs> it would not be restful for anyone. <laughs> I might play putt putt, but that's about as far as I go. But I mean for some it's something else. I mean, I'm a beach girl. I love the beach. But it's all about knowing what that is for that person and helping them be comfortable setting those boundaries. For ministry leaders, sometimes the anxiety and depression comes in around just them not knowing who they can go to and not creating those relationships that they feel safe going to. That goes back to that accountability and that, that, that thing, Troy, you had said earlier about yeah. not being able to bleed in, in yes. front of people. Well, like, you have to have somebody that you can bleed in front of. And, and Troy yeah. and I have that. We, it, Troy and I have had some yeah. serious, like real questions wow. or conversations and the rights to ask me real questions. Wow. And w without that, you're, you're kind of dealing with it on your own. Once again, going back to the scripture, Paul said, I refuse to wear a mask. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to do that anymore. And so isn't it interesting that the scripture would say you go to God for the forgiveness of sins, confess your mm -hmm. sins to God. Therefore, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Yep. Okay. Forgiveness is there, but healing comes mm -hmm. 
confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed or so mm-hmm. that you may be whole, the book of James says. Mm-hmm. And and I think there it's not a it's not a or, it's yeah. a and. It's mm-hmm. it's both. Yep. Yeah. And we oftentimes don't want to bleed in front of maybe the public. And I'm not saying you stand in front of your church and you tell everybody, Hey, I'm struggling today, but you but have to have some place that you can bleed. A safe place. A safe place. A safe place. You need that. You do. And I think it's very important that Every every um, church, every leadership within the church sets that up. I mean, you, Pastor Randy, have given me full authority to be able to sit down with any of our staff and help them get connected, whether it's me leading and guiding them through it or helping them find a mental health counselor to walk them through that. And it's really changed the culture of Bayside with them being able to say, oh my goodness, we, we have people. And um, even in the COVID-19 situation, we created the, the mental well-being checklist where our leaders were able to sit down and talk with them about how they're doing. And that's been huge. That mental checklist, by the way, should be on uh, the website right now under resources that's for great. natural disaster relief resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And so you can do that with your teams, pastors and leaders. There's questions to ask them. And even ask yourself. Like, ask yourself before you ask yourself. Yeah, exactly. Well, Brilliant. Great idea, Kristen. It wasn't mine. It was Veronica's. Oh. <laughs> Actually, it was. I, I, I'm so <laughs> proud of you for just being so real there. I took the mask off. Oh, like, you I, did. Kristen. Awesome. You know, another thing I was going to share with you guys, um, the other two areas that a lot of times that ministry leaders find themselves struggling with is they're worrying about finances um, and really lo- knowing how to manage their money and and they get very anxious about that. The other issue that we really haven't talked a lot about was is depression. Oftentimes there's a lot of depression going on and sadness, and sometimes a person can deal with that without intervention, but sometimes with anxiety and depression, you need professional help. We have to go to that next level, and, and we need to be okay with talking about that from the platform, um, to our staff and just saying, you know, whether it's the members of the congregation saying it's okay, you know, it is a real issue and we have to be comfortable with talking about that and what that means. You know, sometimes we can get through it and sometimes we need that next level of help. I agree. I, I think it's uh, interesting that most people probably listening to this podcast, if they have a headache, wouldn't mind taking a, a Tylenol or, or something. I mean, we, we would do that. Okay, I'm, I'm having a headache or, or something, some pain or something. But when it comes to mental health, we wouldn't necessarily say that I need to get professional help and that it would even be okay to be on medication. I think that God is a healer of all things, including mental health. But sometimes Amen. there is a chemical imbalance, as you refer to, Troy. There's something yeah. wrong in our yep. lives physically that is causing this the way that we think and the way that we react. So therefore, if we can get that handled right, then we can put ourselves and posture ourselves, create an environment that is healthy for God to heal us in that area, and then you can back off the medication, because I I do believe that's ultimately where God would want us to go. Hey, can I say something real quick about that? Because I fought with the idea of taking medication for a long time, and you know what it does, and and Veronica, you can can correct all this if, if I'm incorrect, but because I'm not a doctor by any means and have no no training in that area, um, just experience. You don't even have your high that's, school diploma. That's so the truth. <laughs> I'm going to take my GED today at three o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> we I'm sorry. This I know. I need to study. Troy and I. This is just 
This is just what we do, man. We're always just, at each other having fun. Sorry, Troy. You were no, getting serious. Right. I don't mind. I, mean, I, I don't mind. Totally desecrated the moment. I'm sorry. Take us that's back right. to a I keep forgetting place. about, you know, the last two states, uh, Puerto Rico and uh, Guatemala. So if I can get those two states right, I'll get my GED. <laughs> oh, that's that's great. That's going to make a great Boudreaux joke. You know? No, seriously. Oh, I'm sitting here thinking, where is he going with that? <laughs> so seriously. You're going to pass it this about time. The medication. Um, one of the things that it helped me get to is because you're so, you're, you know, you're the, the imbalance or whatever is causing stress, all of those things cause, you don't know what normal feels like. And because you've been so not normal for so long, you've been. Um, wow. making up in areas that you weren't supposed to, you know, you've been taking up an area. So when I got on the medication and I currently take medication for my anxiety, um, I, uh, uh, it helped me know what normal felt like. So then I could work towards that with the different things that were the practical stuff like exercise and diet and rest and, um, relationships and all of those things. And so, and I, I still do counseling. I've been doing counseling now for 10 years and I, I recommend it a hundred percent. I think every pastor should be in some form of counseling because it gives you an avenue, a safe place that you can share things that you're dealing with and work things out with somebody. I totally agree, which is why we have Veronica on our team here is because pastors and leaders need to know uh, that they have a safe place that they can go. But Veronica, I, I would like to help uh, pastors and leaders for, for just a moment in this. I think this is so important because I learned early on, not only for myself, but for my, my team and people in the church, that they were going to need a safe place to go to. And, and I'm not trained in that, and I'm not qualified for that, and nor do I even want to do that. I, I'm, that's just not my strength zone, okay? So I need it, but I can't necessarily provide counseling for people. So I went through the process of finding somebody locally. I couldn't afford to pay anybody. So who could I find in the community that would be good for me to go to and to send my team to? So I'd like to ask you a question. Would you help pastors and leaders right now? Who should they look for? What are qualifications or stylistic or there's approaches to things so they can build this resource for their, themselves and their own team? Absolutely. One of the things that we do here at Bayside is, and I think that it's it's important that all churches do this, is reach into your community. Um, find out who the Christian counselors are. Sit down and meet with them. Find out what their biblical views are. Find out if it lines with where you're coming from. But look at their qualifications. Um, we interview and sit down and just talk with every single counselor that we put on our list. We want to know where they stand, where they're coming from. We're looking at skill sets. Um, how, how, what are their preferences? What are they, not preferences, but it's really like, what are their qualifications? Um, how are they focused on marriage and families? Are they a youth and children specialist? Things like that. Are they addiction specialists? But just really sitting down and growing those relationships, get a part, um, get a part of some of the networks, identify someone in your leadership or in your congregation that has a heart for doing that and just really be intentional about it. You'll be surprised at how many people will want to come forward and help you. 
That's that's so good. I wanna I wanna ask a question to to maybe all of you. Um, you know, as we're kind of nearing the end of our conversation, I think this has been so real and authentic and helpful for for everybody. But you know, I think about you, you know maybe Troy. I, I don't know. Maybe you can speak to this in 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 your relationship with your wife or uh, Veronica. I mean, Randy. I know that there's you will all have something to add, but. What can we do? Um, maybe so we've got a listener who says, you know, I don't personally deal with uh, depression or anxiety. Um, I know that it's real. You know, maybe I have my moments, but somebody on my team does, one of my pastors does, maybe my spouse does. How do I best support them, love them? Uh, what can I do to help? help be a support to them what would what what's maybe input that you guys would have troy how did penny help you in this season uh to support you and encourage you along the way um you know one of the things that she was really good at is just sitting with me you know because when you start questioning somebody that's having a panic attack and you start asking questions like how are you feeling right now that's not the best thing to do because the the panic attack itself becomes the source of the panic attack. You know, you start thinking about and you start ruminating in your head about it. Sometimes it's just putting, you know, for her present, you know, the present part of it, it's just putting her hand on my shoulder hmm. and just knowing that there's somebody there beside me. Um, learning about. I don't really have to say anything. Just, there. just simply yeah, just being, being there. there. And be there. because the questions, because you, you got to work through it. You know, when you're having a panic attack, you got to breathe, you got to work through it, um, all that. Um, the other part of it is just learning, you know, if you have a family member or somebody close to you, um, just on the downtimes, understanding, being there with an understanding heart, praying for them, um, you know, just, I, I think it, the, the key thing that she did for me is she loved me compassionately through the whole situation and was just present, you know, in, in whatever way that was for for me as her as her husband and and encouraging me even though i'm dealing with this that you're still a great leader you're still a great father you're still a great husband and that really helped me kind of navigate it it wasn't easy you know it was very difficult for her and she talks a lot about that um and you know we have a couple of chapters that are dedicated in my book about that um, and I'm not trying to promote the book. Honestly, I want this book to help people because all the proceeds are going to go to missions anyway. I just want to, you know, I really want, I think people that help open their eyes and maybe start them down this. But, you know, I don't know if that helps, but that that's what it was for me. For me, it was yeah, just it very, helped. very helpful. Just being present yeah. was the biggest deal for me. So actually, Troy, you mentioned three specific techniques. One is grounding strategies. The grounding strategies, it was your wife putting her hand on your shoulder and letting you know that she was there. Um, the second was the empathy and the compassion. Um, grounding strategies are a huge way to uh, work through anxiety and panic attacks. It's being in the present, taking the deep breaths, putting both feet on the ground, looking at the room, saying out loud, knowing where you're at. Um, identifying the people that are right there around you. And then, of course, compassion and empathy are so important for the people that um, that are supporting you through those difficult times. That definitely is key in working through anxiety. So those are those are huge factors. So Dr. Troy. So I mean, good. Well done. 
Wow, you don't need Come a GED, on, buddy. You're going to your doctorate. I He's mean, got I'm his master's right there. Proud of you. <laughs> but you, you know, and your honestly, whole, that's yeah. taking that's taking um, taking your your overall mental health serious. I mean, yeah. really understanding it and digging into it and knowing the best way to manage it. You know, mm-hmm. and, and so that's, that's what important. He's done. Taking mm-hmm. taking responsibility for it. it is. I don't know. I just this verse just keeps popping in my my spirit as we're. Uh, going through this right now and it's in psalm 32 mm. and uh i just wanted to, to to read it uh david wrote this and i think it's important this is uh a word of encouragement okay it is a bunch of things that it, it says but he talks about in <clears throat> psalm 32 he says my my soul it, it says in the niv my bones wasted away uh, it doesn't mean literally our structure our skeletal structure our bones it's really talking about our soul the very core of who we are, wasted away. And it says, your hand, God, was heavy upon me. Then I acknowledged my sin, and and then I felt strength. And then it says, uh, I when I acknowledged my sin, then strength and joy came back into my life. And he goes on to say that uh, don't be like a mule, that it has to have a bit to, to tell it where to go to direct it. And my point in this verse that is come into my heart is that we have to take ownership and responsibility and it is a sin when we try to control our lives ourselves and i think if we were really to get to the core of it veronica you might disagree or hopefully you'll say amen in this at the core of it is it's who's in control of your life and if we're in control of our lives then we're going to wreck it but if if we're not like a, a mule and we don't try to control it ourselves or god has to use panic attacks for us to finally turn to him and we can acknowledge our sin and wanting to be in control and and then and then going to him in that then we can find refreshing for our soul and encouragement to ourselves so ultimately it's your relationship with god and prioritizing that making him the lord of your life and then you can work through these things using these techniques we talked about and i think that's where it begins and that's where i'd like to leave you guys with today is that ultimately it's you can go to God and get help and then use all of these techniques and in Jesus name uh, you will be healed and whole and be the leader and the husband the spouse the the wife uh, that God has called you to be Pastor Andy I agree with you hey, 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 hey. Troy you and I are like <laughs> scholars <laughs> that's right honorary <laughs> master's degrees uh, that's so good. Master <laughs> Randy I like that yeah. Well, I just want to thank all of you guys so much for being a part of the conversation today. Uh, Troy, your book, I know we've mentioned it a couple times. It's called The Panic yep. Room, and it releases uh, sometime yes. this summer, uh, upcoming May, yep, June, Yep, it'll be maybe? out probably end of May, beginning of June. Yep. Okay, and, and people will be able to find that uh, wherever they buy books. And I think we're going to actually, whenever it releases, we'll link to it in the resources on randybz.com and make sure that you can get your hands on that, make it easy. It sounds like it's really going to bless I'm, a lot of people. Let me just say, uh, I know Troy really well, and, uh, and this book is going to help a lot of people, and he is not doing it for himself. It's to, to help others. He's going to give the proceeds to missions, and so... Thank you, Troy, for Heck being yeah, here man. today and it's for an honor, writing buddy. this book and helping pastors. I yes. can't wait to kick your butt on the golf course when I see <laughs> you again. 
<laughs> oh, I love it. And Veronica, thank you so much for being here. And uh, as well on randybezet.com, um, if you're a church leader looking for some resources, maybe for your staff, um, we're going to link to some of those resources that you talked about, some questions that you can ask your staff, yourself, that sort of thing, as well as a few other things that you'll be able to find um, to hopefully help you and help you help your team. Yeah, you know, the resources that you're referring to on the website, you get access to all of those. And they're all in documents where you can copy and paste and use it with your own team, make it your own churches. And so we do that to just to simply to resource you guys. So yeah, all of that is there. Veronica, thank you for all you do for our team, for all the pastors and helping them today. Uh, it was brilliant. Yes, absolutely. Appreciate yeah, I love it. it. Well, guys, thank you so much. Until Take next care. time. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks, Troy. Thanks, Veronica. Thank Kristen, you. Kristen, as always, great job hosting. All right. We'll see you guys next episode. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. For more resources, visit randybazette.com.